Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In God I have put my trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Psalm 56, verse 11. All right, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen out there in the frozen land of the United States and Canada and everywhere in the Northern Hemisphere. If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, happy summer to you. All right, we're going to talk about verbal judo today. Before we get into that, I'm going to tell you this. Well, thank you for listening. That's what I'm going to tell you. Thank you for listening. Uh, Appreciate you guys being out there. We appreciate you buying uh, the Legion of Michael book or leaving a review of the Legion of Michael book on Amazon, the links in the show notes and for signing up for the Legion of Michael training program. Uh, as I record this and as this goes to air, uh, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the, uh, enrollment is open for the Legion of Michael distance learning training program. And I hope you guys will take advantage of that. All right. Now, recently, we had an interesting conversation during our Legion of Michael monthly Q&A sessions. Matter of fact, we had it this last week. And if you've signed up, if you're a member uh, and you've taken the training, you should know or you should be aware that every month on the last Wednesday of the month at 5 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time, you have to You have to do the math yourself and figure out where you are and what is mountain time. We do a live Zoom call with, well, questions and answers. And uh, if you're in the program, if you finish the program, if you're halfway through the program, if you have questions, uh, we encourage you to show up and ask them. That's one of the benefits of signing up for the training. So this last week we had had several people, and uh, one of them asked if I was familiar with the verbal judo. 
There's a there's an official class or a course called Verbal Judo. You're like, what is what in the world is that? And I've never heard of that. And what are you talking about? Uh, verbal Judo is essentially a way to manage aggressive behavior and de-escalate aggressive behavior verbally. It's using your words to win a fight. And they have a website and everything. And one of the uh, gentlemen who was in the the course, he said, hey, do you know any alternatives to verbal judo? Because I looked into it, and it seemed really expensive. Uh, And I will tell you this. I'm, I'm not affiliated with them at all. But I've been involved in such endeavors. Oh, well, essentially my entire professional and adult life, uh, I've been providing security in some form or fashion, law enforcement in some form or fashion, uh, my entire adult life. And I've had to uh, employ this. And I thought this might be a good time to, well, relate a story related story this this occurred um, many years ago when I was working as a police officer I was a patrolman and I initiated a traffic stop guy was uh, I'm, I'm probably speeding I don't know but he was probably speeding I got up behind him put my blue lights on and it took a little while but finally he pulled over and when that happens I'm usually a little bit leery I'm like okay what what took you so long to pull over what were you doing what were you farting around doing Sometimes it's just driver inattention. Sometimes people are so have their heads so far up their own rectum that they don't know what's going on around them. So to continue the story, uh, I did my normal deal. I called in the license number and said where I was and that I was initiating a traffic stop. And I go up there. And uh, you know, I'm, I pride myself, or I used to pride myself, on not being a jerk. Now, I wasn't officer-friendly. I didn't walk up with a smile on my face like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Um, but I'm, you know, I'm also not a jerk. And I would always tell people immediately the reason that I stopped them. I don't play, you don't play games with people. Uh, I learned this, oh, man, well, when I was in the police academy. One of our instructors said, look, you've been given, you've been granted the authority by the state to stop people, to prevent them from going about their business. You have that authority, and you cannot abuse that authority by playing games with them. Do you know why I stopped you? Yeah, because you're a jerk. You know, wh- what kind of crap is that? No. So when I stopped this gentleman, and if anybody, if a, a police officer, if you're a cop and you, and you play that game and you think it's cool to play that game, you're wrong. Uh, you owe it to that person, to that citizen, to tell them, hey, the reason I stopped you is blank right and so i said you know whatever the reason i stopped you is for violating the posted speed limit yada 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 i need to see your driver's license and your proof of insurance right your registration well the guy immediately becomes a butthole he immediately starts giving me attitude i'm like okay so i see how this is going to go now i don't expect you to get out on the ground take a knee and kiss my pinky ring but at the same time it's probably not a good idea to start a confrontation with a police officer when they've pulled you over especially when you're wrong and see that's what happens quite often and that would happen to me quite often is people they knew they were wrong 
They knew they were wrong. And uh, I would ask them, I'd say, the reason I stopped you is for violating the posted speed limit of blank, 35 miles an hour, 25 miles an hour, 55, whatever. And I said, do you haven't, do you know how fast you were going when you passed me? And they would either say, most of the time they would lie. <laughs> most of the time they would lie. They would say, oh, I don't know. I had no idea. I'm like, okay. And, and I don't know why people tell that lie. Why they, and maybe that wasn't a lie. Maybe they just like completely had no idea. They were just hammered to the you know floor and they were just going. Um. I guess they think that if they tell the, if they say I don't know, like a five year old or like a kindergartner, then then they get out of it or what have you. So this guy, he's giving me lip and he's talking about don't I have anything better to do and don't I have any real criminals to deal with and and uh, you know blah 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 and he's being a real jerk. Uh, but so I take his uh, take his license and uh, his registration. And I go back, and I do my little thing. I get on the radio and, you know, call it in. And they come back, and they're like, okay, he's not wanted for murder or car theft or robbery or anything like that. I'm like, all right, cool. Now, at this moment, I've got him dead to rights. I was running radar. I know he was speeding. I've got the speed that he was going. I don't know what it was, 10, 11, 12 miles over the speed limit, something like that. And I could have justifiably written him a citation with court costs and at the time, it probably would have drained his bank account by about 100, 150 bucks, maybe. I could have punished him uh, by writing him that, that ticket. I could have written him a citation, told him, hey, here's your court date. If you want to fight it, come to court. If you don't want to fight it, here's the waiver amount. This is what you, this is the check. That's where you have to send it in, blah, 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 right? But I decided at that moment to take a different tact. I decided, and we had this little pad of written warnings. It was a little pad, and it says, uh, you know, you, uh, whatever, were stopped by this officer for what, and you fill in a blank, speeding, running a red light, whatever. Uh and uh, we appreciate that you understand that, tra that safety is everyone's concern, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, this is a, a warning and a request that you not do that again. I mean, it's, it's get out of jail free card. doesn't cost you anything. You just have to promise me you're not going to do it anymore, right? So I walk up to the car. And the guy's, and he's like, he's gripping the steering wheel. And he's doing the, the grip in, in, and he's like, rotating his hands and gripping it real hard and I could see he's bad. I was like, all right. This is your opportunity, buddy. So I said, here's your driver's license and the vehicle registration. Handed it back to him and I said, and I'm going to issue you a written warning and ask that in the future you don't speed it when you come through town again. And I handed it to him and he stopped, like he didn't know what he was getting. Because he was sure he was going to get a citation. He was sure he was going to get a ticket. He was already 
angry. He was already worked up. He already had the all of the things he was going to say to me. Tell me what a son of a bitch I was and how I didn't have anything better to do with my life and, and don't you have any real criminals to deal with and it must be pathetic to be someone like you. Oh, he had all that worked up, right? And he said, what? Basically, he looked at it and he's like, what? And I said, it's not a citation. I said, it's just a, a warning. This is a way, you know, asking you that when you come through town again, you pay attention to your speed and you don't speak, you exceed the posted limit. And he, he just, he kind of stared at me. I said, can I ask you a question? And he said, oh, okay. I said, when I first came up to you, I said, were you, are you having a bad day today? And, and he paused and he's like, no, I don't know. I said, because I'm going to give you a, a bit of advice. I said, probably in the future, if you're ever stopped again, the best way to deal with it is not to immediately yell at the officer or express how angry you are or tell him how, you know, you, doesn't he have anything better to do with his life? I said, and I kept going, and he, he's looking at me. I said, is that how you deal with all of the problems and issues in your life as you immediately get angry and, and try and make it that person's fault? And, and he's like, he said, no. He said, well, yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to tell you everything he said, and it doesn't matter because it's been years ago. The point is, by the time I let this guy go, he was crying. You're like, you made him cry? I'm like, no, I did Well, kind of, yeah, I did. I said, what I did through talking to him calmly, asking him questions, and making him think about what he was doing and what he had said he realized that he was wrong. He realized that I had nothing to do with his personal problems, whether it was his problems at work or his problems at home, whatever. I had nothing to do with that. But what he was going to do and what he decided to do, the moment that he realized he was getting pulled over, he decided that he was going to take all that frustration that he had built up and he was going to push it out on me. And I said, all right, well, you know, he's, and, he, and he's like, I'm ne he goes, I've been, I've been pulled over a lot. And he said, never one time ever has anybody ever given me a warning. I said, they probably never gave you a warning because you immediately gave them attitude the second that they spoke to you. And he said, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> and what I didn't say was, I know I'm right. <laughs> Because quite frankly, in my world, if I, if I stop you and you're immediately hostile, and I know you're wrong, I've got you dead to rights, you know you're wrong, I know you're wrong, and your first response is, well, if I'm going to get a ticket, I'm going to give this guy a piece of my mind, generally, as a human, I'm going to go back there and say, okay, well, you bought the, you know, you bought the ticket, here's the ride, now take the ride. But I did the exact opposite tax, tact in this situation. And uh, he, he ended up thanking me. And I said, all right, I'm going to watch traffic. And I said, I want you to pull out and pay attention as you're driving home. And, you know, don't speed anymore. And he left. And I went back to the car. And I, I, I had personally, I had mixed emotions because I kind of, kind of felt weird because he actually did cry. Um, 
But I also felt kind of elated because what I had done is taken his aggressive behavior, his anger and his angst, and he was, I mean, this dude was all ready to duke it out with me verbally or maybe even jump out of the car and, like, take a swing at me, which would have been bad. <laughs> would have been bad for him. You're like, oh, were you a superhero? Well, I had stuff and I had training. So that, in a nutshell, right there, is what verbal judo is. That is management of aggressive behavior. If you're going to be involved in a church security team, you're going to carry a gun. You should carry a gun. Uh, you're going to have radios and all that stuff. And you may and you may decide that you're going to give pepper spray to your guys or you're going to give tasers to your guys or, or whatever. Uh, we talk about all that in the book and in the training. But what you need to understand and what you should understand is that not every situation is going to be a go-to-guns situation. And you can't and you shouldn't. Every time, you know, if you encounter somebody who is acting in that way, who is acting aggressive, angry, uh, confrontational, you can't always just go straight to, and you shouldn't always just go straight to use of force, whether it's hands-on force or a taser force or, you know, whatever. Now, I'm not telling you to stand there talking while someone is punching you in the face. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is you need to have the skills and you should develop the skills to deal with and de-escalate situations like the one I just uh, discussed. Now, I can't train you over the radio. I can't train you right now, but I can tell you and give you a couple of hints. Uh, number one, and if you've been through any kind of use of force training or if you've been through a, a, uh, a good training program, you probably have heard of the OODA loop, O-O-D-A, Observe, Orient, Decide, Act. Every person who is involved in any type of conflict, whether it's a fist fight or a gunfight or a dogfight in a jet airplane or whatever, ha will go through that and has gone through that. It's observe. What's going on around me? Orient. There's my target. That's what I'm going to focus my aggression on. That's what I'm going to focus the attack on. I'm going to observe, orient, decide. I have to make a decision. What am I going to do? Then I have to act. I have to put that decision into physical manifestation. All right? Everyone's going through that. Bad guys who are attacking you, who are seeking a victim, they're going through the OODA loop. You as a defender, as a security person, as a cop, as a whatever, you're going through the OODA loop. And the way that uh, it was explained to me many, 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 many years ago, uh, Colonel John Boyd is the uh, one who came up with this. He was, a, he was a fighter pilot who was never defeated. And he explained this, how, how everybody has to go through the OODA loop, the O-O-D-A. He said, the way he defeated all of his opponents was to go through the loop faster than them. He, and not only did he go through it faster than them, he explained that there are times that you can do things if someone's in the observe, orient, decide, if they're just about to decide, and you give them input. If you provide them with input of which they were not expecting, then they have to stop, change, and they have to go back to the beginning and start over again. 
if you provide them with surprise input. For instance, the situation I was talking about. This guy, he was expecting me. He got in my face and he was telling me how I was an SOB. And he was expecting me to come back the same way. And he was all ready to either verbally or, I don't know, physically duke it out with me. But instead, what I did for him is I gave him what he wasn't expecting. He wasn't expecting to me, me to have a calm voice. He wasn't expecting me to give him a warning. He wasn't expecting me to ask him a question. And so when I did that, he had to reorient. He had to go back and start at the beginning. If you're dealing with somebody who has aggressive behavior, displaying aggressive behavior, um, what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to figure out a quick way to diffuse that. And if you can't diffuse it, then you have to do something else. But one a good way is to not do what they expect. All right? Ask them a question. Literally, ask them a question. I mean, it should it could be pertinent. Like, you know, why are you so angry? And they're like, I'm angry because I'm because you're a son of a bird. Okay. That might not be a great question. If somebody's acting angry and aggressive, and you're like, why are you acting so angry? And then, because they're already, they have that answer already. I'm, well, I'm angry because you are an SOB, because you're standing here in my face, because I don't want to talk to you, because you blah, 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 blah. What I might do instead is something that's completely unexpected and say, were you angry when you woke up this morning? What? What? What do you mean, was I angry when I woke up this morning? Well, I don't know if you were angry when you woke up this morning. Were you angry when you got here in the parking lot? Uh, when, at what point in time did you get angry? Ugh. Uh. And then they'll either answer you, they'll either take the time to think about it and answer you, or they'll act out. Either way, do you think this is the best way to deal with situations? Do you think this is the best, you know, whatever. There's lots of things you can ask them, but my point is this. Do something that they're not expecting. If they're yelling, don't you don't yell. All right? Now, there's obviously time to yell. There's obviously time to get people's attention and so forth. But if someone's raising their voice to you, keep your voice low. Ask them a question. Now, I'm not telling you to put yourself in a position where you're going to get cold cocked or punched in the face or whatever, but there are ways of dealing with aggressive behavior that don't involve physical force. And there are ways, if you're good at this, some people are better at the other at, at this than others. Uh, people who dealt with um, problem children or whatever generally tend to be better than others. It's just a practice thing. So if you're going to be a member of a Legion of Michael Church security team, you need to understand that you have to have a whole bunch of tools in your toolbox. You can't just, it, you know... Not every problem is a gun problem. It's like the guy who owns a, only owns a hammer and every problem becomes a nail. You know what I mean? Uh, you need to not just have a hammer, but you need to have a screwdriver and a wrench and a socket set and all that other stuff. So if you're going to be a member of a Legion of Michael Church security team, you need to have a lot of different tools in your toolbox. And the ability to manage aggressive behavior or use quote-unquote verbal judo um, is a good thing. All right. I hope you appreciated that. I hope it helped you out today. 
And uh, remember, there is a link to the book, The Legion of Michael book. It is called The Legion of Michael, uh, Protecting Houses of Wor- Defending the Flock, a Comprehensive Manual for Protecting Houses of Worship. Uh, it's available as a paperback or a Kindle right now uh, on Amazon. You can pick it up immediately. And if you go to legionmichael.com, the enrollment for the distance learning program is open right now. It's open right now. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for being with me. We're going to close out, as we always do, with the warrior's prayer. Lord, I come before you seeking the strength and skill to overcome my enemies. Grant me, I pray, the wisdom to recognize evil, the courage to confront it, and the strength to destroy it. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen.